0: Cape Talk, Plan B with Rebecca Davis.
1: A little earlier than normal, but it's better early than never.
0: That's what I always say, John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't one always say it's better late than never? <laughs> one never says <laughs> it's better early than never. Uh, everybody says the, uh, the, the most head scratching announcement is Patricia DeLille. Everybody says, everybody whose opinions I've read or heard thinks that the most puzzling appointment is Patricia DeLille. What do you make of it, Rebecca?
0: You know, the more I think about it, the more it's not that head-scratching. I mean, it's okay. unexpected, but I don't think it's un- unreasonable or indefensible in the general context. Um, we know that DeLille has experience as mayor of Cape Town in dealing with the precise areas in which she will be required to regulate overseas now, and that is construction, that is development... Building, etc. The question of whether she did a particularly good job overseeing and regulating those industries in Cape Town, I think, is highly questionable, as we all know from the property prices in Cape Town, from the way developers have really run riot across the city centre. But there's it, no. Doubt she it took
1: her departure the from the mayoral office to get heritage protection into District Six which as is, an example,
0: which is telling. Yes, mm. we also know that Patricia de is has been vocal about the use of public land for affordable housing for instance for land restitution claims and now she is in a good position to do something about it you know she will have access to two million hectares of public land the department of public works which she will oversee says they want to use that land for restitution and she is somebody who has made this now i would say pretty much the you know the crux of her political identity has been about dealing with spatial apartheid about transforming the built environment and now she's placed in the best possible portfolio to do something about it so you know in terms of her experience and her interests aligning with the portfolio she's been given i think it's a reasonable match. I really do, John. The, we can interrogate a track record in those areas, but I think on paper that's not as puzzling as some, some other appointments. But
1: the point, I think, is that there are... Uh, quite a few people in other political parties who have a track record which matches a portfolio's needs. And yet, Sir Ramaphosa chose to pluck Patricia De Lille from the opposition ranks to give a cabinet post. What do you think was his motivation?
0: Well, De Lille doesn't pose any kind of threat, does she? I mean, good represents a tiny constituency, 0.4% of the national vote. De Lille is also presumably outside the... Thrust and parry of ANC factional politics, which is probably very appealing for him at this stage. He also said he wanted a cabinet that reflected demographic and regional diversity. And actually, John, I think what Patricia's appointment suggests more than anything else is the shallowness of talent in the ANC in the Western Cape. Because the fact that he had to look outside the ANC to to recruit a a Western Cape politician is really an indictment of the ANC in this province. And I think he was right to do that because, I mean, the mind boggles to think who he could possibly have selected from the ANC Western Cape to take up a cabinet position. So if that was a priority for him, and I think it would have been given the ANC's appalling electoral performance in the 2019 polls, if it was a priority for him to select somebody from the Western Cape, even better that it be a a woman, a coloured woman, then... You know, you're not going to go to the DA as the official opposition. Where else can you go for that kind of demographic diversity from a non-threatening political party, which is not too ideologically opposed to the ANC?
1: Yeah, Um but he didn't have to choose an opposition party he didn't. at all. Uh, and there were other areas. I mean, there's nobody from the Northern Cape in his cabinet. So there. there's a region which has been left out. But, that's but the true. Western but Cape the, is a more important region,
0: I would imagine. And one, the in, Cape, yeah. one in which the NC has done worse. And besides, John, it was always on the cards that Ramaphosa would make a gesture of political inclusivity. It's very much in keeping with his political philosophy and this is a relatively meaningless one it costs him very little i would argue because of the lack of power that good holds in mm. parliamentals is unable to and like to be able to force him into any kind of compromise or you know their parliamentary sway is basically non-existent so it is a gesture of inclusivity that that doesn't exert a, d- extract a, a, a large toll on him
1: yeah and, and and i wonder how much of a risk it is for her rebecca because um tony leon refused uh, an offer of a cabinet post from torbon becky when he stepped down from uh, the leadership of the da and his his reason, which has kind of been supported by some of the members of the nats that were in the original government of national unity cabinet I- is that it's a very difficult position to be in because you can disagree in cabinet meetings, but because of cabinet protocols you can't there's a limit to which you can agree mm. outside and and you you end up being kind of trapped and being twixt and tween
0: mm, and sort of castrated in yeah. what you can say and the only public example we've had of this recently i mean the only Um, example in recent years has been the leader of the National Freedom Party, who has made a deputy minister in Jacob Zuma's cabinet. The collapse of the NFP has coincided with that, but it's impossible to say to what degree that was a result of that move or because she has been very sick. But certainly the track record of politicians from opposition parties who've got into bed with the ANC, I can't think of an example of one who has done so and gone on to stake out a very independent career in opposition. But then again, that also presupposes, John, that Patricia DeLille's main intention is to grow her good party. And there are plenty of people who think that. That, that floor perhaps, crossing
1: to the ANC is just a matter of months away. Is certainly a sentiment that's reached me a lot already this afternoon. I
0: don't know if that is the case so much as just that Patricia DeLille has always proved adept at looking out for her own political interests. So it's possible that good may maintain itself as an independent entity I think but the main thing is perhaps that DeLille has a position of power and look if in in terms of that position if she is able to do what she has always said was her plan for Cape Town which cause she claims was continually thwarted by the DA by the constraints of national government now she really is in a position to do something and I think we'll be watching closely to see whether in fact she can follow through on that.
1: Yeah I mean there's this, this issue of, of that land because already Alan Windy on with Kino the morning. And already Helen Ziller, who no longer is the Premier, but still has some influence as a, a voice of the DA, was saying, right, now you, you've, you've made big noises about this. Where is that land? And if she's unable to deliver that land in the next six to nine months, then there's going to be quite a lot of finger pointing in her direction.
0: They will, Although that may well be... And then,
1: but she'll, she'll blame it on things correct. outside of her control. Correct. She'll say, I've really been fighting, but cabinet decisions and and and.
0: Because. John, I just want to say one more thing about DeLille, which is... I don't know if you saw the extraordinary statement put out by um, Peter Marais of the Freedom <laughs> Front Plus.
1: I, I, I'm delighted that you're sharing it with me. I didn't see it, but I imagine it's Allow worth something.
0: Allow me to tell you what Peter who who is possibly the only more colorful politician in terms of – party jumping than DeLille. He said in a statement this afternoon, quote, just like the new national party had a short pants figure who brought about the end of his party through incorporation with the ANC, the good party now also has its own short skirt who will usher in the end of her party as well. Will somebody get that man the medication and therapy he needs?
1: (laughs) Uh, Nigeria has changed its definition of youth and that's kind of pertinent in South Africa where quite a few of the new blood that has come into the cabinet or not into the cabinet but into the executive through deputy minister positions are people who are high in the ANC Youth League which you can be a member of until the ripe old age of 35.
0: That's right and that used to be the case in Nigeria where the government definition of youth up until this week I think or last week was 18 to 35 years. They've just announced that they are classifying it instead as people aged from 15 to 29. And the government said that they were doing this because... They needed to make sure that the youth programs were targeting actual youth rather than, quote, adults masquerading as youth. Now, adults masquerading as youth is probably the best description of the ANC Youth League (laughs) I've ever heard. And it really raises the question whether South Africa should be looking at doing something similar. And I'm not talking about just from, you know, this isn't just semantics in terms of, you know, what is a millennial or whatever. This is a case of there are programs specifically set aside for youth that youth can benefit from. And there has to be a cutoff. To that. Certainly when I was thirty-five, I felt it absurd that I should be classed in the same category as someone who was twenty one, however youthful you may feel. And I you know, I really think there's an argument for South Africa following Nigeria's lead here.
1: How good are you at small talk, Rebecca? Probably very
0: I'm excellent, but you, John, I've decided may in fact be spiritually finished. Do you think that could be true? Not
1: finished people.
0: Both paths. But <laughs> <Sure>. spiritually finished I
1: double N I S H the nationality. Yes. I think I am. I'm r- I really suck at small talk. You
0: do. I think on several occasions over the past years I've walked into this studio and you've greeted me with some astounding non sequitur about politics or something, just completely <laughs> overlooking the usual, how are you, good week, etc." And as such, you would do wonderfully in Finland. You must move to Helsinki, John, ASAP. Finns think, turns out, that if there's no important topic to discuss – There simply should be no conversation. In fact, one of Finland's national mottos is silence is gold, talking is silver. Silence is viewed simply as an extension, apparently, of comfortable conversation, and you certainly would not ever feel the need to initiate conversation with a stranger, for instance, at a coffee bar or at a bus station or whatever. But the problem is now that Finns are increasingly called upon to interact with irritating, talkative people from other <laughs> parts of the world to the point the where... The people who
1: are respect- who spiritually plan b <laughs> Correct. Yes. To the
0: point where they've had to institute small talk classes. In, small
1: talk classes. That's
0: right. In classes or in schools, or you can have private tutors, where they do, what they do, for instance, is that they have role-playing exercise where they, the students pretend to meet someone and on a whiteboard, the class brainstorms potential topics. What could they talk about? And apparently the Finns find this just extraordinarily difficult. They're like, what on earth would be a non-invasive question I could ask that I don't really want to know the answer to? In Finland, apparently, were you to ask someone, how are you, you could expect a very serious, earnest response, you know, adumbrating the progress of your life. It's not viewed as a, a glib, throwaway remark. So, I, I, I thought
1: I was the only person who'd ever used Adam Brating on radio, but you've now, you've now done it as well. <laughs>
0: I have indeed. So the moral, moral of the story, John, is that in order to find a race of people who hate small talk as much as you, you must get the, to Helsinki. So, to w- the what,
1: so I, I must when, when I see you, when you walk in, usually during the half past three news, I must say, um, hello, Rebecca. Hi, John. How are you?
0: Very well, thanks and yourself. Well,
1: not too bad, actually. So far it's been a reasonably good programme. I've got some quite interesting interviews lined up already. I'm starting to shake and
0: I'm nodding You're way overdoing it. That very boring stuff about the show. So no, you,
1: okay, so what should I do? Just I'm fine, thanks, Rebecca. Fine, and then, thanks.
0: Chilly out there.
1: Chilly uh, the weather.
0: <laughs> that is the <laughs> so definition So you are spiritually.
1: English.
0: <laughs> it's meaningless, unimportant, but nonetheless, you know, lubricate the social dynamic between two people in a way that doesn't make either of them feel threatened or dangerously bored as I just did. Perhaps you we could we could work you felt on this. Dangerously bored. <laughs> Next okay. week perhaps I'll hear I'll hear your, your opening Sally.
1: Thanks, Rebecca. It was lovely to it <laughs> lovely to see you. I hope you have a good afternoon further. Ah, the main reason John would be silent in Finland is most likely to be the fact that he doesn't speak Finnish. Indeed, Uh, that explains Kimi Räikkönen's radio conversations during races. I am terrible at small talk. I I have friends and acquaintances and family members who who are absolutely brilliant. I'm the kind of person who sits down in an aeroplane seat and with... Every bit of body language I can muster, I send out waves, Don't talk to me! Don't! And and my brother-in-law, for example, the lovely Casey, he sits down and at the end of the flight, he has the entire life story and business cards and coffee dates with the people on either side of him. Different strokes for different folks.